0: talking about unanswered prayer today and about prayer and persistence and we've got a panel right here and they've all got some stories um that they want to share with you and some truths. before that we're going to hear from dan dan's from everyday church in wimbledon Um, and he's going to share with us an unpack a parable and then we're going to hear from these guys
1: brilliant thanks joe hi guys you all right So we're carrying on today looking at some parables, we're looking at what uh, Jesus said, what he was teaching his disciples and what he's trying to teach us and I want to look at prayer today. Um, I think whenever I used to come New Day when I was younger, I didn't really um, have a relationship with God when I was a teenager. Um, I came to some New Days, I was kind of around but and I believe God was God, I believe there was a God but just didn't really have a relationship with him, it was more of an idea. And I think it's really easy for that to happen, isn't it? We can come new day, get caught up in the hype, but God never becomes more than just an idea. It doesn't We don't end up building our own personal relationship with him. And I never really got what prayer was. I thought it was something really formal, that kind of you go through, something that maybe when you're a bit older and you've read the Bible a bit and you have to know the right words, and I didn't know the right words. <laughs> like, what is prayer? And I think um, I'm really blessed to have, we've got... Um, a great panel here with different experiences of prayer, different experience of breakthrough. and We'll go into that in a little bit. We'd love, um, love to hear what they have to say. But I want to start by just looking at scripture and looking at a parable that Jesus, um, parables are like little stories, aren't they, that Jesus kind of told to give an example of what prayer is like. And we're going to look at Luke 18. So if you have a Bible, it'd be great if you turn to Luke 18 and we can look at this parable together. So let's read it. Let's read it first and then we'll we'll teach into a little bit. So the parable says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them what to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Jesus is quite helpful here. Normally when he tells his parables, he kind of leaves it to us and the Holy Spirit to work out what does that mean, Jesus? So quite often his disciples put him to the side and go, what are you saying there, Jesus? I didn't quite get that. I didn't know what it was for anyone else. Here he just starts it off. He just he just says this is exactly what it is. It's to show them that you should pray and not, give it, not, and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my advers- adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll see that she gets justice, so she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice, and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I think the thing with prayer is you have to ask yourself, who are you praying to? Who's at the other end? Do you, know, do you ever have this moment where you're on your phone, you're having a chat with someone, and you're, you're reeling it off, you know, you're having a proper, you're, you're kind of telling them something, there's a full story you're going into, and you're going on and on. It's like a bit where there's like a good couple of minutes that you're just talking and explaining this thing. And then you get to the moment of silence where you wait for them to respond don't say nothing and you look at your phone and they've hung up (laughs) and you're like oh my God! well how much of that did they catch I've just said so much and uh, I don't even know how much they were listening to have you had that where you get cut off I kind of always thought like that with prayer when I first came a Christian I started kind of praying and working this out I was like who's at the other end of the phone when I'm chucking these prayers is anyone even listening does God even care? Because like, if there is a God, he's big and he's created everything. Is he that, does he have time to hear me? Because there are some pretty spiritual people around that are chucking up prayers as well. And if I was God, I want to hear what they have to say. They're doing some cool stuff. And I just always wondered, because you, you don't always just hear straight back. I'm praying some prayers and I'm not seeing any answers. Is anyone at the other end of these prayers? These are the questions I was always asking. And Peter t- um, Jesus tells this parable to his disciples because you know just before this the context of this he's talking to a whole group of people and he's telling them what the kingdom of God is like and you know TJ was preaching for us the other day wasn't he on um in the evening it was amazing um doing a seminar for us yesterday but the day before we preached and he was talking about a kingdom mindset and I think this is where everything changed about prayer for me and actually what is prayer about because for me prayer was about I need this so God you've got to give me this and if God isn't giving it to me then he's probably not listening But actually, God is this loving Father, and there's something far bigger going on. And Jesus tells this parable in a context that he's just started speaking about the kingdom of God. He's telling people, do you know, the kingdom of God will come. For some of you, it will take you by surprise. For some people, we won't be ready. And then he teaches this parable, saying, man... We need to always pray because there's signs of the kingdom coming. It will get hard, particularly for Christians. So we need to be persistent in prayer to our father, pursuing him. And he uses this example of this unjust judge, like this corrupt judge. And this is like his example of God. And you're thinking, hang on, God isn't an uncorrupt like a corrupt judge like what God is nothing like that but yet this is the example Jesus is using and the reason he uses this is because even the corrupt judge who has no fear of man no fear of God he eventually gives him to this woman Jesus says hey if you've got a loving father who intentionally created you who loves you so much so that he came in the form of Jesus to die for you if the corrupt judge will listen to that woman how much more is your loving father going to hear your voice and really care about what you have to say, and I find that pretty amazing, and it's getting this kingdom perspective on actually, who is it that we're speaking to, who is it that's listening, and what will he find when he comes back? So now let me share a story, I shared a little bit of this um, at 12 to 14 last year, um, but I'll share a bit more of it, there's um a couple of years ago, one of our youth, one of the youth in our church, um, she coming to New Day. She she came right at the beginning, twelve to fourteen. None of her family knew Jesus; they weren't Christians. She didn't know anything of prayer. First experience of God was New Day. She came to youth group, and then came to New Day. And the first New Day, she about twelve years old. She gave her life to Jesus. She responded like you guys. Some of you guys might have done this year, and she said, "Yeah, I'm in." And in the next two years, she came along. And uh, she'd just come out of, she's now 15. She's just about to, we're two weeks away away from coming here. It had been her first time in 15 to 18s. Yeah, she was so hyped, so excited. Her brother was going to come for the first time, not a Christian. She's thinking, yeah, I'm going to bring my little brother along to this. Two weeks before, she gets on a plane to go on holiday. She's going to have a trip before New Day. Um, Now, Natasha, this girl in our youth, she had severe, severe allergic reactions. Yeah, she, she had stuff she just couldn't have. So she was on it, yeah. She used to check. And every New Day um whenever that adrian holloway like tonight done the healing prayers you know she she prayed she said yes i'm gonna get healing i've got faith for this and every year she didn't receive healing she was still super allergic where well, she had to check everything she couldn't be in the same room as certain stuff, like it was life and death and she goes in this plane really excited of her best mate so excited for new day two weeks later she grabs a um A sandwich from a shop at the airport, checks the labelling, it's all fine, she eats it on the plane, it's got sesame oil in it, which she's super, super allergic to, it's not written on the label, she doesn't see it. The plane's in the air and she starts eating this, she becomes really ill and she dies on that plane, 15 years old, two weeks before coming to New Day. Man, and I tell you, when we, when we got the phone call, I was at church. They called me up. Um, I'm youth leader. I've got all my youth uh, leaders around me, and we're here, and she's ill. Guys, you've got to pray. We're gathering in the upstairs room. I tell you, we was there. Oh, it's a Sunday. We're there all Sunday, and I'm going to lead into the evening service. We've got this evening service coming. thinking think we're praying all day, and we gathered. Youth leaders crying, God, you've got to save her. You've got to save her. They're fighting for her life on the plane. There's a doctor there that just happens to be there. He's CPI the whole two-hour journey. For whatever reason, the plane didn't turn back. Fighting for, her, we're crying out in prayer, crying out in prayer. I'm determined; she's going to be healed. She's going to be healed. We're all here. We're praying. God loves her. God loves. Her. It's going to happen. And then I get a call five minutes before I'm about to lead our evening service. All our youth leaders there, load of the youth are there. I get this call; she's died. Man, and I've got to get up and lead this congregation. Most don't know who she. Oh, I'm not all of my youth leaders. I'm like, where are you in this God? Where are you in this God? We were all there praying. We were all there praying, where are you? And I didn't have any answers then and there, but I just knew God's good. I didn't have the answers to why I didn't heal her then and there, but I did know that God is good. I've read the Bible enough to know he's good. And I knew where she had gone. Although we were all broken that we'd lost her, we knew she loved Jesus and she was with him then and there. And I tell you, what happened from then on, Well, the hardest kind of moment was also the most amazing. So her brother still come two weeks later. He's here today, actually. He came two weeks later still to New Day, broken, trying to work things out, and gave his life to Jesus in that time because he found Jesus to love, yeah? Her dad, yeah, it's good. Good, he's here with me now. Her dad, atheist, yeah, hated the idea of God. God showed him, these angels he tells it now yeah he's, he's a business owner he's, this, he's this, like proper atheist and he's telling everyone he will listen he sees these angels over his daughter as she's dying how oh, can you imagine that watching your 15 year old daughter die but he sees these angels and at that moment he knew she'd gone but he knew where she'd gone had no concept of God didn't even before this moment believe he was real but yet knew his daughter had just gone to be with Jesus didn't even have a concept for that he was coming to share it at his church over the next year we baptized her mum her dad her brother they all give their life to Jesus yeah now I didn't know what God was going to do and thinking why hasn't God answered our prayer God had a bigger thing going on you know when TJ's talking about the big picture I didn't have the big picture I was looking what's right in front of me and going where are you God and God was right there with us He was comforting us. He was giving us peace. He was carrying us through it, but he had the big picture going on as well because he brought them to Jesus. He brought so many youth came together on that new day. Man, it was the most amazing experience because we didn't know what we were doing, but the Holy Spirit knew and he was filling us and he was guarding us and he was protecting us and he was leading us through it. And in this time to come, I tell you what, yeah, they are still hurting. We're two, three years on now, yeah? You don't get over something like that. They'll carry that till they die, yeah? You don't just lose your daughter and things are suddenly okay because Jesus will give you. But they... What they are doing in God is amazing. So they've now been fighting for change. Yet yeah? they're thinking no one else can, can there can be no other child that eats a sandwich that isn't correctly labelled and die because of their allergies. It can't happen. So they are going, Lord, you've got to help us change things. And like they, you know, they're kind of relatively nobodies, yeah. Um, before this, but yet they have now been all over the news. They keep getting time on BBC. They keep getting time on other things to so just raise this campaign. They met with Michael Gove when he was the environmental secretary, and they're going to change a law in called it Natasha's Law. So that it has to be correctly labelled every single sandwich so no one can eat something they're allergic to again without seeing it. Do you know, every time they've been on national television, they've just shared their faith. And the best stories are what happens off camera. We've had journalists turn up at our church. We've had the cameramen turn up at our church. We've had the people and turn up at our church because they're hearing something of the gospel. Seeing these guys go through such tragedy, seeing their pain, but seeing their love and faith in Jesus and their prayers. And they're going, we've got a hope in something else. And they're going, I've got to see what's going on here. God has got a bigger picture in this. Yeah. And then even more amazing, so they've got this meeting. So this law is coming into effect soon, yeah. Natasha's law. They've started a foundation called Natasha's Foundation. You can follow them on Instagram and you can see all the stuff that's gone. It's called Natasha's Foundation. And um they're so they're going to go into all these meetings and there's this one particular meeting they're going along to. And these some of the most powerful men in the world are coming to this. Any brand you own, these guys are in charge of the companies that own them. So these are mega, mega, mega. They're coming in and they're private jets. They're coming into this meeting in London. Um, Nad and Tanya are going into this like, what are we doing? This. It's a room full of lawyers. It's a room full of people. They're kind of thinking we want to make sure we don't lose too much money over this. How do we kind of get this going? And uh, they're coming in thinking, what do we do? And Nad- the um, Natasha's father has this dream um, the night before, and he just he just has this dream that of this whole room full of like the biggest guys, like over forty guys, but all the, like the biggest, most powerful guys in the world. They've got everything, money, power. What else do they need? Everything the world has to offer, they've got. Yeah. He had a room. He had just a vision of this room, just in tears, and him getting opportunity to pray over them. And he wakes up, and he's like what's that all about? Like it woke him up. And he's thinking, that is, that's never going to happen. I'm a nobody. That's not going to happen, yeah? And then he has another dream of um, the chief executive of the company that who owns the company, that who the sandwich this girl um, eight, his daughter ate, eight. And kind of in his heart, he's blamed this guy because of the way the guy's kind of handled it afterwards, the way he's just trying to wriggle his company out and not take... So in his heart, he's, he's blamed this guy. And he had a dream of him going up to this guy. This guy's going to be in the room, the chief executive of this company, is going to be in the room at this meeting. He had a dream of going up to him, laying his hand on his chest and saying, I forgive you. He's like, wow. And he just spoke to his wife about it. And they said, look, we just need to pray. And they prayed and said, Lord, we we don't know what to expect at this meeting, but we give it to you. Lord, will you have your way? Again, trusting in something bigger. They don't know what's going to happen here, but they're saying, Lord, your kingdom come in this room. So what happens? Ten minutes before they go in, someone brings them up and gives a picture. I don't know what you're doing today. I don't know what you're up to, but I just had a picture that a harvest is coming. There's a field ripe for harvest and you go in. They're like, wow, okay, pray again. Ten minutes before they go in. Into that room they go. And the biggest, most powerful guy in the room steps up. So he's going to talk first, yeah. He owns most of the companies in the world. This guy is mega, mega powerful and rich, yeah. Politicians will do what this guy says. And he starts talking and then gets led to talk about his, his own experience of tragedy and talks about losing his wife to leukaemia. And he just starts crying. This powerful guy is reduced to tears. And he's sobbing. He can't do anything. He's just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And Nad just felt in his heart, it's a little guy in the room, he just felt, I need to go and hug that guy. And and he gets up and he just embraces this guy. And this guy's sobbing in his chest, sobbing in his chest. And then someone else starts sharing of their tragedy and their experience. Someone else, before you know it, this room of powerful lawyers, powerful CEOs, powerful chief execs are crying. Their eyes out. They're bawling. So what does Nad do? What does that do? The smallest guy in the room with the least power, with the least money, with the least kind of position, but with the most powerful God gets up and says, there is something powerful going on in this room. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray over you guys. And he prays for him. He starts declaring the kingdom of God. and This guy's been a Christian like two years, yeah? He was a full-blown atheist. He's only a Christian because his daughter's died. Here he is with all the most powerful men in the world going, Jesus, let your kingdom come. I pray for you all. Lord, will you experience God's blessing? And then everyone's crying, chatting to each other, prayers, kicking off. Like, these guys have everything except Jesus. And in that moment... <laughs> That was worth more than anything they've had because of these guys. But they're not the smallest guys in the room. With the power of God, they're the biggest because God's big. And then sure enough, he's led over to the CEO of this company. And he just, in the power of God, goes to him, lays his hand on his chest and says, Look, brother, I need to tell you that I forgive you. Oh, man, I just can't imagine that that strength comes from the Holy Spirit. Do you know what I mean? He says, I forgive you. And brother, I want to pray for you. And he prays for him and says, Lord, I pray that this man will be the best father he can be. I pray this man will know you and know your purposes in his life. And they all sit back down after all crying and get there. And the only other Christian in the room, one other CEO who happens to be a Christian, just leans over and says, A harvest is here, you know. Man. It's that kingdom perspective, isn't it? So often we're praying for one thing and we're thinking, God, you're not even there. You're not even listening. He's going, my son, trust me, my daughter, trust me. There's something bigger going on. I've got you. If your faith is in me, then you're going to have a party in heaven. You're going to be there. This is coming. You're not experiencing healing at new day. Trust me, in the kingdom to come, you experience all the healing. There will be no... Sin, there'll be no destruction, there'll be no upset, there'll be no death, there'll be no illness. That is coming. You will be healed if you have your faith in Jesus. Maybe in this life, praise God if it's you and it's you tonight in this, but if it isn't you, if you don't get healed in this life, have hope and have faith. Jesus is listening and he has fought for you and he has won the battle that one day you will experience total healing. But he's got something bigger going on right now and we need to trust him. The Apostle Paul writes in uh, Philippians, from his prison cell. He's lost everything. He talks about fall in the flesh, talks about all these things. He writes, and this is where kind of Nad and Tanya are at, where their faith is, is to live is Christ and to die is gain. For him, one day he will die. And he's saying, that's good. <laughs> I can't wait to leave my suffering and be with Jesus forever. But while I'm alive, I'm going to give it to Christ. I've seen that in Tashi's parents. Do you know, they can't wait to be with their daughter again and their pain to end. But while they're alive, their life is Jesus's. And they're going to give it all to him. So that's a little bit of the parable. We're going to um, come and chat with these guys now. These guys are all amazing prayers um, with different experiences. And I think it would be so good to get a bit of your story out. I'll give you this mic, guys, and then um, you can pass that round whenever someone wants to answer. But can we give these guys a big round of applause for coming and joining us? Oops, So we've got Rhoda, we've got Lauren, and we've got Renady there at the end. Um, So guys, thanks so much for joining us. I really just want um, to get a bit of your stories into this as well, and your experiences of prayer, and kind of, yeah, just tell us a bit. So I think a good question to start with is, um, what does prayer mean to you? What does prayer mean to you?
2: (laughs) Okay. I feel really stirred today, because I'm I'm probably maybe one of the older ones here, shall we say. (laughs) Um, But I just sense the Holy Spirit here. I just sense that God is here. And I'm excited because there's so many of you who've taken time out of your day. You could be doing lots of different things. But you're here to hear about prayer. And for me, that is powerful. And you're in the right place. And with the amount of you here, you can see many powerful things happen (laughs) in terms of the kingdom of God and in terms of your own life. What does prayer mean for me? Well, prayer for me, it's a vital part of my everyday living. Mm. Um, I've grown up in a house of prayer. I didn't always entertain the prayer um, because I used to feel my dad took too long to pray and there's things (laughs) that I needed to do. But those prayers have gone a long way to make me who I am today. And um, one of the things about prayer is that you can't touch prayer. You can't see it. It's abstract. Mm. But it's our faith that we talk about. And because we believe we pray and we trust God to answer. And for me, prayer is important because it's a form of communication with the God that I can't see but I believe is there. It's, a, it's also, prayer for me is also a thing about giving praise. It's not just about asking God, can I have this? Can you do this for me? If you do this, this is what's going to happen. For me, it's a, it's a place of praise. Yeah. It's giving thanks um, for what God does daily in my life, waking me up each morning. Yes. It's everything in, in terms of that. It's also a time for me of meditation and reflection um, and just those quiet moments. Sometimes my prayers are vocal. They're loud. Sometimes they're quiet. Yeah. And sometimes they're just sitting there and waiting because I just want to hear if God wants to say something. Yeah. Sometimes in my waiting, I'm waiting for other people for the Lord to send somebody to confirm what I've asked or prayed for. So there's different types of things in terms of what prayer means for me. But certainly, it is a lifeline to the Father. Yeah.
1: Amen. That's brilliant. Really
0: um, yeah, yeah.
1: Quite hard to follow,
0: to be honest. Um, for me, I, so I, my um, journey in finding Jesus, I was the receiving end of somebody's prayer. So my testimony is that I had no Christians in my family, but I've got one auntie and her husband in Northern Ireland. And she is, you know, one of those women of God that you're like, whoo, like when you're near them, you're like, God's real, because this person is who they are. And um, I, I know from, I was a troublesome child compared to my siblings. So they prayed for me more than my siblings. My siblings don't yet know Jesus, and I do. And it came about in a very miraculous way, Finding a random youth club, et etc et etc so i i my um my relationship with God is the receiving end of someone else's moment in the quiet place, praying for me um so i think I think that being the start of my faith, it was almost like it, it, even though it's so yeah it is so abstract and it is so hard to kind of even fathom like whoa i'm I'm in relationship with the creator of all like what even though that's so hard to fathom I just knew it's such a natural um part of relationship so with a friend or a father or a mother you you would speak to them that's relationship what more (laughs) would I want to speak to the one who created me and the one who um knows my every step and has the biggest and best plans for me um so for me it is like it's conversational sometimes and then sometimes it's very um yeah, very powerful, and there's declaration, and there's intercession, and there's almost like a a grabbing of the inheritance I know God's got for me and others around me, and it's a declaration. But then sometimes it's in in Ephesians it says, "Pray in the Spirit on all occasions." He's not talking, you know, it's not talking about um, on all occasions, your birthday, Christmas, Easter, on the occasions. He's talking in all things, all t- all kinds of prayers and requests. It says. And I think for me, that's, that's that constant conversation with my father in heaven. And um, it is, yeah, I would rather have one moment in his presence and, and praying and in conversation with him than anyone else. No offense to anyone in this room, but it's incredible. Yeah, that's my understanding of prayer.
3: Brilliant. Um I think for me, I would say that it's just a time where I can get raw with God. Mm. Like, when you're with God, like, nothing else really matters. No. Like, when you come in his presence, there's there's nothing like it. Um, I don't... I'm not really good at articulating stuff, but um, my experience of knowing God is is that when you do come to him about anything that you have, that he does answer it, even though it may not be in the way that you'd think it is. Yeah. Like, we perceive things as if... Uh, if God doesn't answer... If he doesn't answer anything this time, then he's failed me. Yeah. But actually, we don't know the bigger plan, like Dan said. There's always something bigger behind yeah. things. Mm. And I think over the past few years, just um, growing in my relationship with God, I became a Christian when I was 14. I came to this event and okay. like, my, land, my life was transformed. Like It changed everything. Mm. For me, before, it was a, uh, mm. like, before my life was about, I play football. And um, later on, I'm going to explore a bit more about it. Um, but before my life was all about football, and that was my identity. And then when I became a Christian, it changed everything, because I actually realized that actually football is nothing in comparison to who God is. No matter how much I achieve, no matter how far I go in the industry, or whatever it is that you do, it doesn't matter if it's sport, whether it's being an artist, even if school, education, whatever it is, no matter how far you want to achieve, it will never match up to how great God is. And when you come into God's presence, it it changes everything, because... He he doesn't only just restores you; he heals you. He gives you faith. He gives you strength. He gives you power. Mm. He gives you just, he gives you life. Yeah. So I'd say like what prayer is for me is is a time to really just be intimate with God and just really just draw near to Him. Wow. Like just when you when you're speaking to God, don't think of it as a thing of I'm just saying something to a God in the sky. Like when you're upset, He's upset. When you're angry, He's angry. Like He feels you. And even if you're not, even if you don't feel anything, just know that God is fighting for you. Yes. We always think that, oh, God is not fighting our battles, but we don't know what's happening behind closed doors. Like, there's spiritual things we don't know about that actually God is fighting for us every day and every moment. So, yeah, I don't know if that answered the question, you but...
1: Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, awesome.
3: So I think in, in this... um.
1: That's so helpful, guys. Really good. Um, I wonder, maybe actually, if we start with you in this, Renady. Um, so, I, so the, the parable is you know, we've got this widow here who's just persisting in prayer for breakthrough. She's like, she's pushing and pushing and pushing. And I just wonder if you've got any stories um, around that where there's something you've just been pushing. And I wonder, actually, Renady, if we start with you. So, there's different ways I think breakthrough can come. Um, some of it is is like a specific. Think it might be healing, it might be something else. But actually, I, I wonder if you just explore because actually, in your story there, I think we heard some breakthrough. There is a moment where your identity was football, and then suddenly something broke, and your identity is son of God. <laughs> like, um there's something amazing that happens in Jesus in the middle. So I wonder, is, is, what, was there a moment, or, or can you think of a moment where just in prayer or something just changed and and a real shape? Don't worry if there isn't. And then I wonder if guys, if you've got some stories of breakthrough as well, just jump in.
3: Yeah so me it's kind of like it's happened in stages I'll say um, before I came a Christian I just really enjoyed football and it's like everybody's dream to become a footballer <laughs> yeah. so you just like you play football and I remember I was just going through a really low time and I felt like everyone who was meant to be helping me or I put my trust in just let me down mm. and I just remember coming broken and I had nothing I had nothing and just Jesus literally just restoring me and just breaking down everything I'm, I'm not going to lie I'm a crier So (laughs) when I was in that big top, I remember there was one night I just literally just poured out in tears and I just couldn't stop and just God restored me. And going on from that, so the past two years, um, I've been signed at Chelsea. So I've had like the privilege of like playing with some great players, like so even Hazard and David Luiz, if you guys know about football, like Mm -hmm. training with them, getting opportunity and doing all of that. that. And... um, how that came about? My auntie, like three, three years ago, she she said that the next club, the next professional football club that you trial with, um, you'll get paid. So throughout that whole time, I couldn't get, I couldn't even get a look in into any professional club. Like no one was looking at me. They said I was too small, I was too weak, I couldn't do anything. And literally, I was playing non-league when I went to college. I'm 19, so when I was 17, I was playing at a non-league level. And um, out of nowhere, I, I came to the end of the season and someone came up to me, called me on the phone said, um, did you know that Chelsea have been watching you for the past three months and they want to take you in? And if you, if you know anything about football, like in terms of academy level, Chelsea is like yeah. the top of the country. Yeah, yeah. They're the best in the country right now. Um, and from where I come from, it's basically virtually impossible. It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense. But God pulled through in that. And actually, right now, I'm on the receiving end of it. So my contract is done. um, And currently, I can't go anywhere because I'm injured. Um, And it's been happening. It's been since January. I've been injured for nine months now. Mm -hmm. And I can look at it. It's it's been a hard and a long journey. And it's challenging that actually I'm here right now because I'm waiting for something in God's timing. But actually, we shouldn't look at it in a way of, oh, if God doesn't do this in this certain time, then it's not going to go well. Actually, look at it as if, okay, this is my situation and this is where I'm at. Yeah, I give you everything, yeah. but focus on his kingdom. What have you got in store for me? What can What can I do that can serve you? Because yes, at the end um, of the day, we're not Christians because we can achieve our dreams. <laughs> we're here to serve him. Yes. So no matter what you go through or anything, whether it's sickness, whatever it is, Yes. for some people it's life and death. I'm not going to say my situation is the same as anyone else. Everyone's unique in their own way. But whatever it is you're going through, give him everything yeah. you have any yeah. if it's hurt pain just give it to him yeah. he understands but don't focus on it don't let it be your focus actually fix your eyes back on him yeah. and say what do you want me to do
0: so good. so good so good so i was 17 or 18 years old and i've been christian again 14 13 came here going to after to jesus roller coaster ride 17 years old. I've been following Jesus, and my sister, through this crazy, very random, tiny little thing on her leg, found out she had stage three skin cancer at the age of 19. And I'm in a family where my, my mum has a faith in Jesus, but she's not walking with God right now. Well, actually, she is right now. Amen. Praise Jesus. But yeah. she she has had this kind of a lot of hurt, a lot of pain that's got in the way, and she's come back to the Lord. But my dad, atheist sister completely, like, ang- actually angry at God for a lot of things. Um, if there was a God, she would say. And um, and she got diagnosed with skin cancer at, at, like, a crazy age. That's, like, not heard of for someone to have melanoma skin cancer at 19. So the doctors were, like, on it, and it was really, like, a big thing. And um, I, I'm there coming into my faith in a whole powerful new way at 17. And we had just planted a church in Croydon, and I'm, like, on the core team. I'm 17. I'm breaking barriers of, of like young people, like I'm doing things in the kingdom that I never thought I'd do because I gave it all everything to God. And then I'm like, wait, what? My sister's got cancer. Like, but but God's but like I want her to be saved one day. Now she's gonna be even more angry at you. And um I just want to put it out there the kingdom of God does not have karma in it, all right? So what I was doing there was thinking, but I've been so good to you, Lord. I, I have served you. I love you. I want my family to know you. I want them to experience this incredible relationship I have with you themselves. But but now you've given my sister cancer. The it, very twisted way of looking at things. Um, when you we've heard this all week, but when you give your life to Jesus and when you start that journey, it doesn't mean things are necessarily going to be easier. But you get given life. You are on the receiving end of life. He is the giver of life. And um what happened in those next six months until she was healed, that's the end of the story. But in those six months, praise God, um I I was almost like, okay, this is it now. God, I, I want you to show me your power. And I wanna it was almost this time where I came into a place in with prayer that I've never been in before. And um God was wake the Holy Spirit was waking me up while my sister was going through treatment um god really told me don't use words we're not using words here you can't tell you can't talk your sister into trusting god in this time this is a huge thing you need to pray and um so i i was i literally would wake up some nights because the holy spirit would have woken me up at like you know 3 a.m in the morning and i'm at these the girls showing my tent no i'm a heavy sleeper so i was like that that's crazy that's god and I would shoot up, and the Holy Spirit would basically pray through through me. I was speaking in tongues, I was things i 'd never done before, interceding prayer in a way that i 'd never got that deep before for my sister and um, yeah, the long and the short of it is that I, I came into this place of experiencing god 's power through pe- the power of prayer and his closeness and his the healing of her and the disappointment and all these things in a way that I had never, ever, ever... And, I mean, I hope I experience it again, but I may never again. It was just such an incredible season. And my sister came out of it, didn't need chemo. They removed some lymph nodes. But they were like, this is, this is incredible that you don't... The doctors were like, you have had this for a year, this lump. It's, you, should, you should really be, like, near death, essentially. Um, and I, I know God healed her. Um, she's on a journey of discovering that that was God. But... It, there was no medicine that could have sped up that process and saved her from so much more pain. She's three years cancer-free, mm. and I, it's amazing. But I really, really believe that was the power of prayer, and um, it wasn't just me praying. That auntie that also prayed for my salvation years ago was there praying, and there was loads of people at our church praying. And I, I came. I actually feel like that church plant would have been very different if I hadn't have been in this raw place of surrender because of my sister. It actually taught me a lot also about the kingdom of God. So, yeah, he, that's a breakthrough. That was, a big, that was the biggest breakthrough I've ever experienced through prayer.
1: There's
2: lots, of, there's lots of different ways that God answers prayers. Breakthrough yeah. can be very, very simple. Yeah. It can be very detailed, as you've yeah, heard, yeah. healing. Yeah. But it can be very simple yeah. things. And I'm going to give you probably three examples um, where i've just seen god break through in very simple ways one certainly is my parents they never stop praying for us there's six girls and one boy and our parents every maybe every morning especially on the sunday you would definitely see them praying and i remember my mum praying and saying lord i've prayed for them again but they're worse today that was the prayer. Um, but that was just about rebellion as a young people you know you just want to yeah. do your own thing you see what your friends are doing yeah. you're enjoying it and that was my mom's prayer and then a couple of years later um we used to have to go to church we didn't want to always go but we had to go and there was a gentleman there and he's a friend of my mom's and everything but he always used to just look out for me and he always is in our in the church that we used to go to they used to call you sister or brother and he used to say hello sister rhoda and i says why are you bothering me and he turned around and he says, because you are chosen. And it, within two weeks, I, that was nowhere near my thought. I came and gave my heart to the Lord. Yeah. And that was very powerful for me. Yeah, that was powerful. But it was powerful because not only did I become a Christian, I realized that I was probably a hindrance to other people. So my sisters, obviously they looked up to me being the eldest. They gave their hearts to the Lord, and we had thirty-five people baptized when after my conversion. And I said, My God, Lord, what is this about? I'm not saying it was about me, but what I'm saying, sometimes we can be the hindrance to people's prayers, and sometimes we can be the hindrance to other people walk stepping out in faith. And so what I'm saying, as young people, you are very powerful, (sighs) you are very influential. And don't consider your prayers as anything small, because God is able to take the small things and make them very powerful. And why I say this, today you may be the only one in your family that's a Christian. Mm. Hey, no problem. Start praying. Don't give up. Be persistent like the widow. You know, some things only come through prayer and fasting. And that is the hardest thing for some of us to do, is to pray and persist and to go on. Yes. But today, while you are sitting here, think about who it is that you want to pray for, who you have been praying for, and mm-hmm. they haven't seen, you haven't seen the change. Believe that God can do it, yeah. yes. all right? It mm-hmm. It's yeah. simple. He says, if you have a faith of a mustard seed, mm-hmm. do you know how small a mustard yeah. seed is? Yeah. It's very, very tiny. <laughs> so guess what? Let's get our faith in action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes? Faith um, about faith <coughs> works is dead. So we have to activate yeah. Yes, we have to step out in faith. Amen. So if the Lord is prompting you to do something, prompting you to share with someone, don't be afraid. Yeah. That's always Amen. hard and that's difficult. Amen. But God is powerful. The second thing was, and this is very simple, but very powerful for us. My, my husband and I, we went to Rome. And if you know Rome, you know what happens in Rome. The big Vatican, everyone wants to go there, see what's going on. So we turned up. We decided we're walking down that parade and we're going to go to the Vatican, have a look around, do a bit of culture. We got as far as the barriers and we stood there. And then all of a sudden there was this list of things as to when you are allowed to go into the Vatican. And one of the things was that you cannot go in there with short sleeves on. Guess what? I had short sleeves on. And I thought, oh, my goodness. We couldn't believe this. And I was trying to, I've got short sleeve on here, but it was, it was really up there. And I was trying to do this and trying to pull my clothes down. And then I just looked up to heaven and I said this to the Lord. I said, Lord, can you believe this? Here I am, a Christian, and I am not allowed in the house of God. This is ridiculous. And that's all I did. I looked up and I prayed that prayer. Yes. As I did that, shortly after, my husband was with me. Someone just came and just tapped us like this. Tapped me, says, "Come with me," and they just took us. It was like an angel. It was like an angel took us. He says, "Come with me." And if you know the Vatican, you have to go up all these stairs. And I'm so conscious of what was happening with me that I didn't have any any. um, I didn't have any. um, I didn't have a top on. That was. It was all like this. So I'm walking up, and I keep trying to pull this thing down. But there was nothing there to pull down. And the gentleman just said, come with me. So I just, we started following. As we got to the top, this person just disappeared. And we didn't know where, they, where the person was. And I looked at my husband, and I said, that must be the angel of God. Yeah. And we walked into the, the Vatican and we were walking around. And I'm still trying to do this because I'm so conscious that someone is going to stop us because it was one of the criterias. So that was a very simple but very powerful for me that God looks out for you anywhere, anytime, and it can be anything. So don't just look for God for healing. Look for him for when you're in a situation. Look for him when you're studying. Look for when you're working. God intervenes. If you commit your way to him he
3: will
1: direct your path. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Um, so just um lastly it'd be it'd be great to pray in a minute. Um so I just wonder if if but if just lastly if I could um ask you guys and maybe um maybe just one or two of you answer just if you've got something there. Um because I think these um, it's so amazing the stories you've you've kind of shared but what about what about when when we pray and we don't experience breakthrough in it? Do you know like a bit like originally Tash's, just the way I was saying about it, we were crying out, yeah, and she died. And you know, where's God in that? And I just wonder if you've got any experience of that, where you've you've cried out for prayer and something, and maybe even still, and you just haven't received breakthrough. How how do you process that? And I suppose, how does that impact your view on God um, and prayer in those moments?
0: I think, I well, I've got quite a lot of unanswered prayers. But I think it is, I think it is exactly what's been said all week, actually, of um, there's there's such a big picture that's being painted by the artist of all artists, and we don't sometimes understand, and and that's okay, because we will understand one day, and what Dan was saying is that might be in three weeks' time, and God was teaching you patience, or was showing you something else, or there was something that had to give in someone else's life or, or there was someone else that had to step out in order for this to happen and it's such an intricate plan of his and he knows and he's in control but then there's other times when that you really may the, the time you receive that healing or you res- you see that thing answered or whatever will be ve- like in heaven there's moments like that um, just this, the, these verses God gave me this huge revelation when I was reading you should always go back to Genesis by the way Genesis is great guys you find out where we all came from. And um, there's this verse in Genesis when it's talking about Noah. And it says, it was, God saw that every single, it was something like every, every inclination of the human heart was evil. And he was basically, it says he's going to wipe away every member of the human race that he'd created. And I just had, the Holy Spirit just led me straight to Revelation. And it says, he will wipe away every tear. He will wipe every tear from their eyes when when we all go mean glory and that for me is kind of the answer to the kind of what I cling to in times when I'm really like pressing in and I'm like god what? like what either what are you doing and give me some clarity so I can at least like put my trust in you and he's like no that's that's not a condition like you should already be doing that but then there's also these times of like actually you know what I'm okay if this never happens um, because because my faith is in Jesus, and my my everything is in his hands, and then I look at that verse in Revelation, and that's it for me, I'm like, you know what, there'll be a day when we're not, when these things actually just don't matter, it all falls away, um, and I do believe that sometimes it is also a journey within life, there's people that have prayed for things for like 20 years, and they do not stop, the persistent widow, they do not stop, they're so, they persevere, and one day it happens, and it will always be more glorious than you could have realized because it's the way he wanted it to be done i have really struggled with control in my life and i think a lot of people do i think we try and manipulate i think women do this more maybe but it's the heart of eve but like we we, we can try and manipulate god wants to heal us from that by the way but yeah and actually um i've really learned if i try and manipulate something to get what i want it will n- it either will not work and god will put a stop to it or if it, it will just be nowhere near. It'll be a sh- not even a shadow of the glory of what he wants to do in your life. So really putting that trust in him and persevering and knowing actually it's always going to work out good. His plan is always good. And you're safe in his hands. That's it. I don't have a specific story. There's a lot of things, but God is always, he's always faithful. Never forget that. <laughs> Never forget that.
3: Yeah, um, I'll just say one thing to remind you guys is that you can never lose. Um, I think even just listening to Natasha's story, even though she died, she still won because she's with the Lord. Yes. You can never lose because God has the victory. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's everything. So no matter what you're going through, even if your, an- if your prayer doesn't get answered, you- you're okay. You're going to be okay. Yeah. And I want you guys to like remember the promises of God that he is good, that he is, he is for you. He's not against you, that he, he stands before you and behind you. Yeah. And remind yourself, because there's going to be moments where you're going to be in situations where you're going to feel like, I just can't go on. Where literally you're just going to be like, I don't want to do this no more. Or like, God, why are you going through this? But when those moments hit, you have a decision to make. You can either decide to actually to run away from him or come towards him. And I'm telling you now a hundred percent every time if you go towards him, it'll be so much better because he will heal you, restore you, and he'll give you strength and like I said, it's challenging for me right now because I'm in a situation where I'm waiting for a breakthrough as well, yeah. you know, but if it doesn't happen to me, even though I'm working through it and I'm struggling and I'm trying to learn how to actually to give it all to God and actually mm-hmm. to realize that even if I don't get this dream that I want, it's actually okay because he is God, you yeah. know and I just think it's important to, to remember that because there's so many things that's gonna happen in our lives. Like your life is never gonna be like this. Yeah. If you're if you're living in the way that God wants you to live, just know that it's always gonna be like that. <laughs> it says that we should rejoice in trials and temptations yeah. that is gonna come. Like there's gonna be testing times, there's gonna be difficult yeah. times. And you just gotta literally just gotta be ready for it. Prepare yourself for yeah. it. And when I say prepare for you, prepare yourself, literally just keep remind yourself of God's truth yes, and yes. remember that He is mm-hmm. good because he actually is good like when you think about it all the things that we do the amount of times we rebel against God the amount of times we run away from God the amount of times we just we run like we're just against him think about the grace you would have against someone else if they constantly kept on doing the same thing despite all the things that you 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 do for them that is good you will lose it you will end up I don't know what you'll do but you, (laughs) you do something but God's grace is Imlant, it's just always there. It's yeah. always there. It's, it's always there. It never stops. And what I'm trying to say is that just hang on to him. Just hang on to him. No matter what the situation is, whether it's good or bad, just keep running in him because yeah. he has a plan for you.
1: Yes, Amen. 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 Amen.
3: Wonderful.
2: I would just say pray without ceasing. Yeah. Don't stop. That's what the word says. Yeah. And if you believe the word do it and you will see the fruit of the the fact that you're walking and stepping in faith. Everything is Mm. faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So let's step out. Pray. Pray for your family. Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. Pray for your job. Everything. Commit your way to the Lord and he's going to direct. I love that word. He's going to direct your path.
3: Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Great. Can we just give these guys a massive round of applause? I think they're so helpful. Mm. Mm. Do you know, the um, end of this parable, Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? He's asking, when the Son of Man returns, and that day when Jesus comes back, what will he find? Will he find we've given up? Will he find that the trials of life and the difficulties and the unanswered prayers and the breakthrough we haven't seen, will we have given up? Or will he find us praying, persevering, pushing through right to the end, ready for the kingdom of God that will come, the new city that he's preparing for us to live in with him forever? And I just wonder now if if it's all right if we can stand together.